You know, let me, I actually think this is something that's incredible that Ray does. And for our listeners who don't know, we, we are a nonprofit. We exist because faithful partners, literally every day we receive gifts from faithful partners who want to see more and more Christians around the world be inspired and equipped in fulfilling the Great Commission. Thank you to our ministry partners. They make this podcast possible. I bring all that up to say that as I speak with a lot of other nonprofits, they'll tell me something like, oh yeah, our founder we give him, anybody who gives uh, $10,000 or more, he'll give him a call and tell him thank you. Hmm. And one of the things I love about you, Ray, is I go into the notes and I will find somebody that gave 50 bucks, $10. Like I've seen, I've seen notes from you uh, that you just, you call him to say thank you. Just the other day, you, you hopped on a FaceTime call with me uh, for a, a young man who's not given anything to the ministry just to encourage him. I just want to say that I think that you represent so well not showing partiality. If you have the time and you're aware, you will make the call. And I'm, I'm super thankful for that. While none of you seated at this table has ever succeeded in helping me to solve any mystery I've ever brought to you, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I'm very desperate right about now. Against all hope, I'll try again. I absolutely love ramen. So, ditto. Ooh, that sounds so okay, good right now. But here's the mystery, Oscar. Why? Please, someone tell me why I have not been able to find the simple, beautiful, glorious cup of noodle or top ramen or Marishan flavored ramen at any ramen place I've ever been to. Wait, Please, you, somebody. Wait, wait, what's your problem? You can't find good ramen? Okay, Oscar, you don't listen. I'm talking about cup of noodle, wait, top ramen, right marishan, flavor in the ramen, in the juice. You're, you're saying that that is your standard for ramen? Oh, no. Here we go. This is going to launch, I, this I is gonna launch another war. I need to understand what's okay, happening real quick. Okay. Are, you say, are you using top ramen and cup of noodle as your, as your telos <laughs> for ramen? Okay. From a guy who drinks corroded ramen. Is that what's happening? Motor oil. Uh, yes. The telos of ramen to you the, is top ramen. The telos flavor of ramen. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you need help, bro. Mark, can, can you relate? Please tell me you have some semblance of human in you. Por favor. Uh, what, I don't like top ramen. Because oh, it's well, not just a bowl I, of MSG. Yeah, it's I, yeah, with salt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have problems. I love ramen. I cannot find this glorious flavor. Why, why do they complicate matters? There is like a world-renowned ramen shop like five miles down and the I road. And I bet you here. it doesn't have that it's good so, flavor. I praise the Lord it doesn't have that flavor. Okay, whatever, Oscar. <laughs> you need serious, serious help. It's like just salt MSG. Yeah, that's. Uh, no, I love soup. I just I don't like a stomach full of. What is it? What are those noodles even made out of in Top no, Ramen? It's made uh, out of noodles. Styrofoam. Yeah, <laughs> yes, probably. Wait, what are noodles made out of? Seriously, do you Duh. guys know? Yeah, noodles. <laughs> starch. Is it? They and take a starch bunch. and flour. Oh, is it kind of like a like a batter mix kind of? You know, I've made noodles before, but I don't remember what I put in it. <laughs> Have you seen those restaurants you know where I mean? you can? It's like a conveyor belt, and it shoots out the different stuff to add to your ramen bowl? No. Oh, yeah. What are, what are those called? I have no idea. I have a question for you, Mark. Yes, sir. What is the best... Uh, Winter schnitzel? What is the best <laughs> dessert you've ever had in the city of New York, and how much did you pay for it? 
it was a chocolate souffle, which I was talking to my daughter yesterday about making me some chocolate souffle. I absolutely love it. Uh, so expensive, though. So we, we got duped into going into this uh, fancy French restaurant. All we wanted was dessert. Did Oscar dupe you? It was well. I, Oscar, Oscar found the place. Oscar's good at finding good restaurants. I'll give him that. He knows how to find mm. a good restaurant. But so we went into this place, and then the the bill arrives, and we found out that the chocolate souffles were fifty five sixty five dollars a piece. Oh. Wait, a wait, piece wait, for a dessert. Wait, wait, wait what? Sixty five dollars oh, for terrible. a chocolate souffle, <laughs> and it was like smaller than this cup of coffee. It was yeah, good, but right it was here. like what? What is happening? Okay. You know what? I have to. I have an admission to make. Souffle is one of those words that no matter how many times people tell me what it means, I just can, I cannot remember it for the life it's of me. filleted soup. Seriously? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> it's a French word, isn't it? Souffle. Yes. I get it. You're a yes. bad person, Oscar. It's French. What, right? It's French. Oui, oui. Yeah. Je risque d'être un on peut vivre l'être très, on peut résister. Souffle! Yes. Ow, that hurt my ears. Welcome to our lives. Yeah, Mark, what's a souffle? It is a, uh, it's like a cake that deflates. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have it's no like, idea either. It's like lava cake, Yeah, it's basically, like a lava cake. But fancier. Whatever. Yeah, but fancy. silky. But there's all kinds of souffles. It's a thing, like a... That's it there. Yeah. Oh. The Ew, picture's worth a thousand that? desserts. What? I don't know. I just typed in souffle <laughs> and that came up. <laughs> that looks like a... Like an overripe pancake or something. <laughs> Look like an enhanced. It's a baked pimple. egg paste dish originating in the Kingdom of France in the early 18th century. Boy, it's old. I wouldn't touch it. Ah, <laughs> it's <laughs> gone bad. Spoiled. From the 18th century. It's like fur on top. Uh, Oscar, you, you like ramen? Are you a pho guy? Uh, I, I like pho, but I prefer ramen over. Well, pho. right. I would love ramen over pho if. It tasted God, like this is a foreign language. I haven't got a clue what Fuck. you're talking about. Yeah, Have you ever had a good bowl of ramen? Vietnamese. Oh, Vietnamese. Yeah. Okay. No. Ramen delicious. Oh, pho's cool. pretty good, man. I like pho. Yeah, there's a place. I've near never me. had it. What's oh. it called? Oh, we got to go, Mark. Pho? There's a place over by uh, Pepe, Pepe de Coupu. Pepe de Coupu. Why can't you say by that slow? Yeah, by the mall. You know, right there by Lucille's. Oh. Yeah, there's. Yeah. A, there's a, this like, is super really helpful to our listeners in like Bangladesh. It's like great. If I'm ever in Bellflower, I know where to Kabir get a souffle. Come here and go eat a ramen and a pho. Is this the Living Waters podcast? No, uh, Ray. Honestly, what can we do to get you to be more daring with eating new stuff? I I dare I I, I eat different stuff what? sometimes. Name anything different. I had some fries the other day. <laughs> Unsalted. <laughs> Ray, I no, want to get salted. you adventurous with your taste buds. Look, I've traveled all over the world and give me mashed potatoes with gravy on. Uh, Seriously. It's what's just... the most like obscure thing you've ever eaten, Ray? Oh, I was in Mexico with Easy and a couple other guys years ago, and we had some genuine Mexican food, and I liked it. I, I wanted him to say, I wanted him to say, like, oh, this one time I was in Mexico and they gave me a taco? A tongue, a tongue, <laughs> a, it was, it was a taco. Was tongue, it tongue taco? Taco de lengua? It was no. really nice. No, but <laughs> that's his most exotic food. He had a taco. A taco. <laughs> taco. With um, some ketchup on it. But Ray, seriously though, live a little. Come no, Mark and I have been to um, Singapore. I've been a couple of times and we've had Singaporean food. Have you been to Singapore? Yes. Hmm, I really hated it. Ray, would you eat escargots? No, too slow. <laughs> too slow. <laughs> Snails. Mark, have you ever have you guys ever had escargot? 
Uh, I actually have not. That's one thing Look, I've never had. Why call it? I'll they have call anything it what it once. is. Snail. It's like no. sin. It's called some. It's like adultery. That's being, so true. Being called something for some else. reason, saying escargot sounds much more. And it's because they yes. can charge you more. And you can't charge somebody twenty dollars for snails. It's have some snails, please. How does fa- how fast does your car go? <laughs> That's how it goes. I will try anything once, though. I will. Wow. What, I, what about that thousand year egg? Mm, yeah, I'd give it a shot. Come on, the Oscar. thousand year egg. That's from Singapore, wasn't it? Easy. I think uh, if I was in, like, if you ordered a thousand year egg and had, wanted me to have it here okay. on the podcast, I would not. But if I no. was in a country and that was the delicacy and someone served it to me because they were proud of the way their grandma made it, yeah. I'd eat it. You're there, not a textured guy. There are. I'm on all of it, got a guy. There are some things I know for sure you wouldn't try. I can't even mention some of the things I've heard of. And we had great food try. when we went to Europe. We had 13 countries and 13. And- German restaurants okay. and Austrian and yeah, we did have ooh the uh, German the restaurants. Uh, no, what do you call it? The schnitzels. Yeah, or, oh, winter ooh. schnitzels. They were pre- oh no, here we go. Uh, when I was in Singapore, um, you know they've got the the hawker squares, which is just street vendors, and my strategy was just to find the longest line of locals, get in it, and order whatever everyone else was having. And I can't tell you what I ate because I have no idea what it was, but it was delicious. Mm. Mm. Yeah, some things should not be eaten. I don't get the whole lingua tongue. Oh, so good. I did okay, try like um, sheep brains. Brain taco. Fri- whatever, sheep bro. brains once. I tried. tried. Sheep brains. Sheep brains. Did you yeah. really? Yeah. I wasn't told afterwards what it was, <laughs> and it upset me. I just went and stood on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> did you eat grass, Ray? No. Um, yeah, but you know, uh, frog legs. Would you eat frog legs? I've had them. They're delicious. I had them. They were really good. Yeah, I had them nice. in uh, Mississippi. And... Uh, but, Ray, I would love for you to honestly sit down and let me give you real sushi. Oh, I ain't sushi in Japan with Mac. Yeah, no, I'm not I talking could about try airport sushi. I don't, I don't California mind rolls. Lady food, that'd be fine. <laughs> lady food. I'm serious, Ray. Sushi is magical. Oh, give me a double-double. No. No. Amen. Yeah. Preach, brother. Double-double sushi. Oscar, you like sushi. I love sushi. What are you sushi. talking about? But he's yeah. a double-double. Oh, yeah. that is pretty glorious. Mm-hmm. Seriously, why is it in and out fast food place... It, We've talked that you did a video on it. Chefs world. <laughs> Easy, you, are you an opera singer? Dear listener, Easy's gotten into this new thing where every time he wants to make a point, he is like it new? Extends his hand, or are greatly. you guys just realizing it? It's you're very making profound. me like an opera singer. You just yeah. it's like an Egyptian pharaoh. Oh. Hear ye, it's my Arab roots. But world renowned chefs, yes, just go crazy about In and Out. Yeah, it's crazy. When our program, yeah, coming out about In and Out. So. Or oh wait, we haven't released it. No. Oh, it's going to be a good one. It's in, but it hasn't come out. Yeah. All right, you guys talk too much. This is from <laughs> Gun Dude. Gun Dude. <laughs> Gun D-O-O-D, Dude. Faithful friends, you four Christian men have such powerful friendships. I dearly admire the way your faith in Jesus Christ is woven into everything you do, especially the friendships you have with each other. I have a new friend, a Christ-filled pastor that has a special heart for the Lord, and I love the way we kid around with each other like you guys do. Thank you for your inspiration and Christian clarity. I pray that I continue to grow in my faith the way each of you have. Easy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, Oscario Navario? There's one without me. Thank you, dude. Yeah, gun dude. Gun dude. Thanks, Oscar man, doesn't like you. to say the word gun. It's politically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> gun dude. Thank you, brother. That, that means a lot to us. And hey, we do have real friendships, man. What a, what a joy. You know, we, we, the prodding of one another is all a part of that, you know, and uh, you can only prod really good. I have a, I have a scripture for easy when it comes to me, and it's John 15, 13. Mm. Which is? 
there's no greater love than this than when I lay down his life for his friends. I just want to remember that if I'm ever in danger. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is I'm my own friend, so I lay mm-hmm. my life down for me. All right, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Tough Questions, five-session DVD study. It's also available on MP4 format, but in the physical form, you get uh, answers to questions. Who made God? Why is there suffering and evil? How can a loving God send someone to hell? Isn't the Bible filled with contradictions? Why are Christian anti-science? And much more. I mean, in the physical form, in the DVDs, in the five sessions, approximately 25 minutes each on three DVDs. And you get all kinds of great things in there. You get a study guide as well, 400 gospel tracts that deal with tough questions, promotional videos, printable bulletins, all that good stuff. It's a good one, guys. Remember, we filmed it at that coffee shop. Oh, here we go again. Coffee shop. Oh, coffee shop. Uh, I have a question for Ray. <laughs> was Oscar not with us when oh, we were in that coffee no, shop? No, we don't take Oscar to coffee shops. Yeah. Did you just you. cross yourself? <laughs> <laughs> because it sounds like you said I was dead. Am I even doing that the right way? Uh, what do you call an underwater dog? An underwater dog? A, su- a subwoofer. <laughs> Oscar, I hate that I laugh at your jokes, but I do, even though they're not yours. And don't forget, friends, the Living Waters mug and the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. All right, guys, you ready to jump into this one? Sin partiality. We have the title? How to Avoid the Sin of Partiality. Does Are you guys one? partial people? Unfortunately. I part down the side. <laughs> partial. My, my brother parts right down the middle. No. Does he? Yep. Did you guys ever do that, by the way, as kids? Part down the middle? No, I couldn't. Calyx. Ooh. Calyx. Where's that come from? Hey, it's from New Zealand. Easy cow licks, because cows would lick <laughs> you on the head. <laughs> and Everyone make. has a natural part, though, don't they? I don't know, do we? Does Eddie? Yeah, I don't see a part. <laughs> please, please. I, I actually called Eddie to apologize. I called Eddie to apologize the other day because we mentioned his lack of hair, and he didn't answer, so I didn't apologize. But <laughs> Wait, leave him which alone. Eddie are he you was getting a haircut. To? I'm not referring to. <laughs> we love to give things away. We love to give things away, and that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week listen i think uh sin of partiality is a major struggle uh it's a major struggle for all of us and there's definitely different ways in which we can show partiality social theory has agreed with the scriptures in that it shows that it is in our natural fallen ways that we want to differentiate ourselves 
from other people. Hmm. It's a way human beings be able to find their tribe and feel safe. We are tribalistic in nature. In other words, when we can differentiate ourselves versus other people, that could be our social status, whether it's our wealth or our interests, our politics, our race, our morality, views of morality, our knowledge or wisdom. Anytime we use those kind of things to separate us from other people, to know the difference between me and my other neighbor, what ends up inevitably happening is it becomes us versus them. In order for me to feel safe, I need to know who the outsider is. I need to know who the person who's not safe is. And this is the sin of partiality is to show difference towards others. And I think it's interesting that the first sin of partiality was a moral religious sin. It was Adam in the garden when he says, it is this woman that you gave me. You see what he did in that moment? He said, I'm with you, God. She's against us. It's her fault, but I'm safe with you, right? And I think that we show this same partiality all the time. And uh, I read this book years ago uh, and it was this woman talking about her marriage and she talked about, she said, every time we draw the line between us and others, Jesus is always on the other side of it. Hmm. Wow. Ah. That's interesting, Oscar. I've never thought of it from that perspective. You know, the partiality of Adam Mm -hmm. with his wife and yeah, God, I'm on your side. It's her. You it know, could have been another aspect to that, depending mm. on where you put the emphasis. It's the woman that you gave me. Wow. Yeah. Because people tend to blame God when things go wrong. Yeah. Definitely. So, there. Uh, yeah. You were going to say something. No, that's it. That's oh, all that I was going to say. I'm okay. done. I'm going home. <laughs> Whoops. See you later, Ray. <laughs> I'm thinking about Ceratos right now. It's not Ceratos. It's Ceratos. Never lived um, that down. Oscar, by the way, I, I really, I like your sweater. Thank you. Yeah. It'll be raised in a few years. <laughs> Does it come in any other size than extra, extra small? <laughs> <laughs> and do they make I'm them? I'm just extra, extra big. Yeah. yeah. Do they make them for men? Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. So, guys, partiality is along with what we talked about last time, bitterness. It's it's a real destructive sin, and I think that it's one of those sins that is kind of a default sin. I think we all default toward partiality, as Oscar alluded to, in our sinful nature. Can you define it, just in case we haven't got a definition? Yeah. Does it fall into the same category as favoritism? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think they would be synonymous. And and, and I think, though, that partiality would have a nuance to it that it's tied in with this sort of desire to serve ourselves in a selfish way because of our association with other people. Whether it's, I like how this makes me feel to be this person's friend, or I like what this will give me if I treat this person that way, it's, it's wicked because it can come across like love, but mm-hmm. be anything but that, right? For example, I'm spending time with, with someone uh, and treating them in a way that I wouldn't treat someone else that I call my friend. And I'm not talking about, you know, having friends that are closer than others. We build, we build bonds and th- that's fine. But I'm talking about, you know, certain treatments that fall under the rubric of love, but that we withhold because 
We want to do, the, do them toward this person because of the benefits we get, or maybe their social status, and then associating with them, that helps our status, or you know, it makes us feel more important, or whatever. It's very good to spend time with the lowly. That's why I love spending time with you guys. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> because it makes you feel good, That's right? That. So you're partial to mm-hmm. us because we're lowly, mm-hmm. so you can feel good about yourself. I'll wrap you up in a partial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, man, but there's so many facets to partiality. You know, there's that partiality that James highlights. Right. And, and James 2, 1 through 4, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place, and say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool, have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Wow. That, that's, that to me is uh, one of the most grievous elements of partiality within the church, among God's people, treating saints differently because of their, their social status mm. or their means. So easy to do. You know, a guy comes in gold chains and gold all over and you say sit here mr tithe i mean sir <laughs> because he's going to help your church financially mm. so you've, you've got to pull pull yourself back and say i fear god i'm gonna not show partiality yeah you know let me i actually think this is something that's incredible that ray does and for our listeners who don't know we we are a nonprofit. we exist because faithful partners literally every day we receive gifts from faithful partners who want to see more and more Christians around the world be inspired and equipped in fulfilling the Great Commission. Um, and so thank you to our ministry partners. They make this podcast possible. Amen. I bring all that up to say that as I speak with a lot of other nonprofits, they'll tell me something like, oh yeah, our founder, we give him, anybody who gives uh, $10,000 or more, uh, he'll give him a call and tell him thank you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about you, Ray, is um, I go into the notes and I will find somebody that gave 50 bucks ten dollars like i've seen i've seen notes from you uh that you just you call them to say thank you just the other day you you hopped on a facetime call with me uh, for a, a young man who's not given anything to the ministry just to encourage him uh and so i, I just want to say that i think that you represent so well not showing partiality if you have the time and you're aware you will make the call, and I'm I'm super thankful for that well, that's kind yeah. of thank it, you it's such a great example and but it's so easy to do yeah. Just make a call to somebody. It's no big deal. Yeah. And it's such a, it's a, I get so much out of it. And it means so much to people. They are being shown the fact that they're appreciated. And they get hung and... up on a lot. <laughs> Do you? Oh, well, they don't know. They think it's a recording or something. Seriously? Yeah, because it's a private <laughs> number. And I, I say, I have to say, uh, hi, is that Eric? And I have to call back oh, and say, it's no. Ray Covered here. I'm just calling. Oh, I thought you were telemarketing. <laughs> That's uh, that's really funny. Oh, that's really really funny. Yeah. So, so Mark, you know, I, I've talked to pastors before that have had the dilemma of someone wanting to give them a gift, you know, or to bless them with a car or whatever. Some pastors, by policy, just don't take it. They don't do that. Send them my way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that man from the moment I met him. Um, but Mark. There are some that, you know, maybe even someone's going to give to the church or, or whatever. But I heard one pastor say that he, he makes it clear to them, you understand that I'm not going to treat you any differently. In other words, if there's sin in your life, if we have to excommunicate you, if I have to, I'm going to do it. 
that's important, right? I mean, that, that, that pastors, leaders are impartial. And I've heard one of the best ways to do that is for the pastor to never deal with the, with the giving. Never yeah, and I love that. I, mo- most pastors that I've met in churches that they oversee, that they have no idea who gives. Right. Mm-hmm. No clue yeah. whatsoever on who gives. Now, when you have uh, other deacons or elders, uh, perhaps, I don't know what the structures, the ecclesiology, the way the churches run, you know, but it is a very good idea to, as quickly as you possibly can, to raise up deacons who can serve at the table. So the pastors and the elders, the bishops, the overseers, they, they can give themselves over to uh, the study and the proclamation, the preaching of God's Word. Study, prepare, preach, right? That, yeah. that, that's the idea. Let me take care of the sheep. You take care of the running of the building. Let me love on the sheep to the best of my ability without showing the partiality, and uh, you let us know what we have inside the finances so that we can make these uh, decisions together yeah. know, when possible. I, so. I, I was thinking about Mount of Transfiguration when there was a move of God, when, when God appeared or the bright light, and for the disciples, Peter suggested they start a building program. Which is what tends to happen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> tends to happen when there's a move of God, and I've seen it happen. Back in New Zealand, the church had a great move, and someone says, let's have a bigger building. So they decided to, and that destroyed everything. They wow. went into millions of dollars of debt, so the pastor's got to be careful he doesn't upset the tithers, wow. because his whole future is, 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 you know what the word mortgage means? It means death grip. Yeah. Mort, death, death gauge, grip. grip. <laughs> I think, uh, with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I was going to say, I think partiality uh, creeps its way into all of our lives for pastors and people in ministry. You can show partiality towards people who give, um, which is uh, a terrible thing, as you pointed out. But there's other ways. We show partiality, as, as I mentioned before, social status or even or even politics. I, I've noticed lately that like there's an influx. It's, it's so interesting to me because there's like an influx of, of people starting to go to church. And a lot of these individuals, they, what they're really looking for is for a church to spiritualize their political disposition. So when these non-believers come to church, because they agree with the politics of the pastor, the pastor's like, man, that guy's a faithful brother. Hmm. But there's actually no salvific work there, right? But immediately they're elevated in status. They're because they have money, they're immediately put on some board. Like it ha- I've seen it happen over and over and over again. There's partialities shown because of the money and the way someone votes rather than thinking to themselves, "Wait a minute, is this person a Christian? Should we pursue them or are we just going to assume because they're voting the right way and giving the right amount?" They're in. They're one of us. Yeah. You know, partiality can be demonstrated, too, in in other ways that we don't think about, Mm. like with the lost. You know, we can be partial in wanting to share the gospel with someone who looks more down and out than another person, or someone who looks less intimidating than another person. That's a form of partiality. 100%. They're both lost. They're both in danger of God's judgment. I battle that every day. Really? Yeah. When I I go to local college, I, I look at a student and think, that guy's not sharp. He oh. looks really dull. It's going to be the most pathetic <laughs> interview I've ever had. Go up and say, "How you doing? Do you think it's an afterlife?" And he, he's he's sharp, and it's really good. And I think, man, I hate the way I make I sum up people with my eyes rather than 
look in their hair, yeah. which we can't do. But Ray, you you are so partial to people with funky hair. Oh yeah, well that's different. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's totally different. I remember one time we were in Hollywood. We were, we had an academy and we were eating, and next thing I know, Ray disappears. And I I'm like, and my brain already concluded what it was. I look and I see this big, huge head of hair walking by the window, and Ray, <laughs> hey, I'm doing an interview with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is whenever I'm out and about and I see somebody with some wild hair, that's the first thing that comes. Like Ray would love to interview that. <laughs> Mohawks, yeah. big afros. Absolutely. I mean, you know, giant purple hair. Yeah, big, big uh, dreadlocks. Yeah. I mean, Ray's on it. Yeah. And so you're it. partial. You don't interview bald people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I do hate partiality. I know it's a sin. Are you, that, are you partial to partiality? I am, in fact. So you got a problem with hatred? <laughs> <laughs> Mucho hatrido. Uh, but... You know, it's 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 a wicked sin, man. Yeah. And I want to overcome it. I mean, real quick, Mark, I was going to say, I almost feel like I, I wish sometimes I could go around in life functioning in certain aspects blindfolded. Like if a preacher preached blindfolded, right? Doesn't know who's in the congregation. No one can accuse him of you are preaching at me and this or that. Or, you know, I mean, you think of these pastors sometimes that get like really famous politicians or celebrities in their congregation. Are they going to compromise the message? Mm-hmm. I had a friend that soften? did that. That compromise? Richard Gunther, no, he put a, pla- a, a paper bag over his head and preached to a crowd. <laughs> Stop. No, I'm not kidding. Why? Just to illustrate the blindness of sinners. They oh, can't wow. see what's going on. Oh, and good. it was. Did he ever of... take it off? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Funny guy. Yeah. You know, we, we always, we continually try to make it our aim to preach our heart out, whether or not there's 10,000 people in attendance or 10 people yeah. in attendance. Mark, right. you do that, don't you? I yeah, I, I think we, we all do that, right? We, we just pour our hearts out regardless of uh, the attendance. I mean, Jesus could have filled up the stadia of the world mm. with thousands and thousands of people, but he chose rather to pour into 12 people knowing that one of them was going to betray him. It's interesting to note, we we have to bring a distinction here, that when we start talking about uh, partiality, we don't want to fall into an area where we're showing partiality towards our kids, but we also, at the same time, we want to demonstrate that there's a folly of fairness in this world, because this world is not fair. So say if I go on a road trip, and I have, for example, let's say I have two kids, I don't need to bring back two gifts, because I have two kids. I could bring back two gifts for the same child. And I could have it as a lesson for my kids. Because what happens is when we raise our kids up to think that life is fair, when they grow up, they become socialistic in their behavior towards society. And I say, well, my neighbor has four cars. I don't have any cars. Well, then, then my neighbor must give me one of their cars. That would be fair. Well, actually, it would be fair as if they gave me two of their cars, hmm. right? There's no partiality that is going on here because there's just a, there's the folly of just being fair. So there's a fine line in just studying your kids, studying the environment, your situation that you're in, and not showing partiality, but there's just lessons to be learned. See, that's why we're a very capitalistic family, and we're super into social Darwinianism, so we make one meal for dinner, <laughs> and then it's survival of the fittest, man. <laughs> Whoever, gets it, Whoever right? gets it first, yeah. Yeah, Mark, that, that's really interesting, and I, I'm thinking through that, you know, because we, we have talked to our kids about that, like, you may get a a relative that may uh, help out with a car, let's say, for for a kid or whatever. There's this immediate mindset of obligation. Well, of course, they're going to help me. Absolutely not. That was grace and kindness that they did that. You never expect. You know, we talk about that about birthdays. Oh, well, so-and-so is going to get me this because they got so-and-so that. It's like, we have to be careful of that, you know? But I do want to tease that out in my mind and think, though, 
that is sensitive, right, with our kids, though, because I could see it being done to teach a lesson, but if it's drawn out too far, right, it can get to where maybe someone is showing more affection to a child and and not to the other, you know, because I... It is my aim to try to be as fair as possible with my kids. But I think there's a way to teach them where, hey, sometimes it's, it may not work out that way. Life doesn't always work out that way. I'm not intentionally being partial. You know, I'm not intentionally. But sometimes it may be forgetfulness or it may be that this, that like, perfect point, Mark, this sibling has a certain personality. So I saw this gift and I bought it for them. You know, I can't go now, okay, now I have to buy one for everyone. We need to be understanding. There may be a time I may do that for you, sweetheart. You know, and you told him up. Me, sweetheart. <laughs> Should we leave the room? Sweetheart. I think the antithesis of uh, partiality is seen in the Good Samaritan story. Mm. There was no partiality on his own prejudice. It was just someone in need. I'm going to take care of them. Yeah, and uh, that's what we should be like. Treat others as heaven treat us. Well, and that's actually a really good point because I think that Christians, we as Christians, have the tendency to begin to forget that we receive grace, mm-hmm. and we start to believe that we achieve grace. Right. And so we assume, like, oh, well, I've figured out that there is a God, and you stupid fool, you don't realize that there isn't a God. I have partiality because I have figured my wisdom has led me to the understanding that there is a God or my yeah. understanding of morals and ethics in this world makes me better than you or, you know, whatever the case is, like my moral attributes, my religious practices, these are the things that have allowed me to achieve salvation. We actually start to believe that we forget that I, we've been shown grace, that we don't achieve it, we receive it. And when we keep our eye on that, it is very difficult to show partiality. Uh, in another book I read, she, she said it like this, what's the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian? The Christian is someone who knows she's no different from anyone else. Wow, that's good. Mm. Yeah, and you know, we, speaking of kids, you know, we see in the Old Testament the, the sin of partiality and the impact that it had. I mean, Genesis 25, 28, now mm. Isaac loved Esau, but he had it because he had a taste for game. But Rebecca loved Jacob. I mean, how how sad to be hearing that about someone's children, you know? And, and Joseph's dad, Jacob, same thing. Yeah, Genesis thirty-seven three through four. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. You know, the the first one is because he had a taste for game. The other one is because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Was that tunic uh, a sign of that he was getting the inheritance from his father? I've read that somewhere. I, I, I've, I've, yeah, I thought it's because he had two necks. <laughs> <laughs> two necks. Oh, that's sick. Uh, but I, I, I've heard that it was kind of a sign of, of authority, mm. that he was given authority over his brothers, you know, and yet he was the youngest. But 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 there's there is a sin of of exerting more focused time, energy toward one child over the other. And it's it's very harmful and destructive. Now, they're responsible for their jealousy, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and their wicked actions that led to murder. I mean, from their perspective, what they thought they were killing their brother at one point. But, but we're st- we can still create the atmosphere where we make it more difficult for people to do what they, they should do, right? Speaking of that, have we ever done a podcast on Joseph? Yes, I think so. I yeah. believe we did. I just thought I'd it was very memorable. It. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just, clearly, I, just, I loved it. 
Yeah. It was so good. So what, what are some practical steps that we can take to avoid the sin of partiality? Let, let's recognize it as it is. Let's, you have a situation, we are showing partiality. Maybe you recognize it in yourself or in somebody else. What steps do we now take to make things right? Yeah. Side note, before we go there, because you reminded me of this, and I think this is funny. I also think I've shared this before, but in case I haven't, at one point, so I have, it's myself, and then I have triplet sisters that are 13 years younger than me, and they are the pride and joy of my mom's heart. No. And uh, one day, <laughs> one day we're at Christmas, and, and well, that makes sense. My 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 sister goes like, "Mom, why is your her social media was like, mom of three, proud mom of three, or something like that." And she's what? like, she's like, you have four kids. She's like, no, I know, but I just wanted, I just wanted everyone to know that I've got three beautiful daughters. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, but you have four kids. She's like, no, no, but it's not like that. It's just, I just really was proud of my three girls. And we're like, yeah, but you have four kids. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm deeply moved by your guys's. We absolutely uh, love you, Oscar. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. How do we? How do we avoid? How do we recognize? Well, well first, I think the first thing to do. To I've got con- two good friends on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we first have to confess that even as Christians, we are prone to show partiality. Yeah. Once we confess that, um, then we need to apply the gospel into the crevices of the darknesses of our heart. And we need to realize we need to look to Jesus and we need to remind ourselves that God did not show partiality when he saved you. Because if God showed partiality, we'd all be in grave trouble. The only one that deserves to be in the face of his glory is his one and only son, Jesus Christ. But because he is gracious, he shows no partiality. But Mark, that, that's that's a good question, and and I'm excited to get practical on this. You know, I think first we look at Scripture, First Timothy five twenty one. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. You know, that is the general call to us as God's people is that we make sure we're we're proactive in that regard. I want to say first that we have to be careful though that we don't call partiality that which is not partiality. It's not partiality in a negative sense. I mean, you might say technically you're being partial in that regard, but just like we talk about killing, right? There's there's righteous, justifiable killing, and there's murder, right? So there is a partiality that would not fall under the sinful type of partiality. It's not sinfully partial to say, this brother gives really good wisdom and counsel. I have many people I can get counsel from, but I've sensed his counsel is typically the best. I'm going to him. You know, it's not partial. Well, you, you have a ball game. You have a pickup uh, basketball game, and you look over, and you see Oscar there. And you don't pick him. And you go right on to the next <laughs> Right, and you pick Oscar over picking the guy that doesn't look like he knows how to play, or he didn't make a layup during practice. Yeah. There's nothing wrong, intrinsically evil, about picking somebody who you want to be on your team to have a good team. Right. Because there, it's, I can see that people just swing on the other side of the table, exactly. right? Yeah. Well, then I'm just going to do the exact opposite of everything I think right. that I want to do. I love chocolate. I'm not going to pick chocolate. I'm going to eat a pizza. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I can't do it because that's what I really want to do. Yeah. Or even with our kids, we have a, an errand to run and one of our children is competent in that or has the strength to, to do that. They're older, they're bigger. We take them. So we have to, and, and, and this applies to so many things. So, but, but honestly, I think it falls under doing things specific things that fall in line with general courtesy, a love, kindness, that we would do overtly for someone 
or just period for someone that we wouldn't do for someone else. And I, I think that can take on so many other forms. And, and I think it could, it could happen with, you know, again, courtesy. For example, someone wants to share something with you that, that they're going through, you're in a public place, and, you know, this person just doesn't seem very focused or maybe intelligent or maybe they have a disability. And you just kind of like, ah, get me out of here, you know? And then someone else comes up and they seem to be more, you know, in keeping with those other things I mentioned. And you're like, oh, yeah, and you'll, you'll fully give them your time and your focus and attention. That's partiality. Mm-hmm. This is a human being, you know, they want to talk to you. And, and now because you don't like it, the way they make you feel or you don't sense they're worth your time, you know, that, that is an, a, an example of partiality. Mm-hmm. Or someone walks into your church and they don't, look like you, dress like you, talk like you, and your immediate assumption is they're not as close to God as you. Yeah. Right? right. And so you you disregard them as like as an outsider. Yeah. Uh, but but you simply don't know what the Lord is doing in that person's life. Yeah, Ray, you know, when we read the passage in James, um, he talked about judging, like with partiality, you're 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 being judgmental in a sense. It carries with it that that aspect of of coming to conclusions at times about people. Yeah, I remember, and I'll never forget this. I better remember it right now. <laughs> I was going to Never say, say that. Um, Huntington Beach once, I went up to interview a guy. He's obviously a non-Christian because he had tattoos all over his face, all over his arms and everywhere, and he had bones through oh, his Pastor nose. Oh, Pastor Smith? No. <laughs> <laughs> he had bones through his ears, bones through his nose, his lips were pierced, and he loved the Lord. Hmm. Do you yeah. remember that? Yes, I do. And it blew me away. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. questioned him. You're reading your Bible every day? Yeah. Are you... Uh, Oh, dear. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Where do we go from Because you're right, your mind is telling you, uh, no, this can't be. But, man, that's evil. Yeah. You know? And so, it's, and, but it's hard to fight against that because we have these prejudices that are lodged in our minds. Mm-hmm. And so, we're just coming to these conclusions and we just have to fight against that. I mean, Mark, what, what, what do you do in times when you feel that bias rising in your heart and, and you're prone to be partial? How do you fight it? Well, I think being slow to speak, uh, oh, just good. quick to listen. Yeah. When somebody comes to me, I, I, I typically will offer up a prayer to the Lord, you know, just simply place your spirit between us. You know, if there's something you want to say to me, something you want to say to them, uh, I, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to rebuke, correction, whatever you want to do. It's being humble, you know, in the midst of that, mm. you know, treating them better than yourself, that you, you don't deserve to be in a conversation with them. I often think of uh, the mortality of people, and what if this is the last conversation that they'll actually have with oh. someone. And, and I kind of had somewhat of a situation like that with an individual when I was done speaking at a church. When I was done speaking with him, uh, he went and committed suicide. And, and it, it really weighed heavy uh, on me when, when, when that had taken place. Wow. So w- when I am speaking at a church, when I am with somebody and they're, maybe they're pouring their heart out to me, I, I tend to give them uh, a lot more time uh, yeah. than I would see maybe another person do. Because, you know, who's to say that I'm not just that last person or there's just a place, they're in a place of desperation. We just don't know what somebody is going through. So I experienced that several years ago in order to get me, I think, in a good headspace to uh, not be in a hurry. To yeah. go anywhere, I don't like hanging out in green rooms. Yeah. You know, to get a, to get yeah. away from people, unless there's some really good food in there, <laughs> and then I'll be able to get it. But that's kind of where my head goes. Yeah. When I go with that. You know, there's this one pastor that that I I've spoken uh, I've spoken to as a church a lot, and and I've done, gone to some of his services, and I'm blown away with how so present he is 
with every person that comes up to him after the service. And a lot of times there's a line of people. And he sometimes he's going 10 minutes. And he's not like, you know, looking around, looking at his watch. I mean, he is fully there. So and good. I've told him this. I said, I this, this blows me away. You're, you're present with your people. And that's impartiality, mm-hmm. you know? So, Ray, what about with you? I mean, in, in terms of... What's wrong with you, Ray? Yeah. <laughs> in terms of... What are you uh, going to ask me? Yeah. You make me nervous. No, but, but in terms of that temptation you know, sometimes to be partial that we all, we all face. How do you fight it? Um, the love of Christ, fear of God, know that God's watching, and so don't follow your own thoughts. Just say, what would Jesus do? Uh-huh. And Jesus was never, he never had partiality. He spoke with everyone, we- lepers, weppers. <laughs> weppers and lepers. <laughs> weppers and lepers. Yeah. Oscar, would you say that what Christ taught the disciples in terms of being the last and the least and the servant of all, carries with it that effect of veering away from partiality Mm. in terms of like, I'm called to be a foot washer. I'm Mm -hmm. called to be the last and the least. If I'm the last and the least, then everyone is above me Mm -hmm. and I'm in essence their servant. So I treat everyone with with that love and kindness and care and and dignity. Yeah, yeah, I think that's such an important aspect to remember. And, And that's just the thing too, is because how do you show partiality towards someone when you don't think you're better than them? Mm. When you view yourself as below them rather than above them, you cannot show partiality towards people because then you become a servant to all. Mm. And so, you know, you don't gravitate towards the bombastic, the wealthy, the affluent, but rather you see people on the fringes, the outcast, the last, the least, and the lost become a part of your radar. Uh, I just heard I heard a, a pastor, I went to a different church than our church this last Sunday because of scheduling conflicts, but we still wanted to worship somewhere. And uh, the pastor was talking about how he was on vacation in Ireland. They were just like trying to walk into this restaurant and he like saw this table at this really busy restaurant. And he ran over there and he sat down and then he looks around and he's like, where's my wife? And he's like, man, if I get up and leave this table, I'm going to lose the table, but I got to find my wife. And so he's like, what do I do? And Just so leave your wallet on the table. There you go, yeah. <laughs> and so he walks, 101 dumb things raised on. <laughs> so he walks outside and his wife is like on one knee talking to some homeless guy. Oh, wow. And like face-to-face eye contact, getting to know him, asking about his day. and Proposing, uh, trying to find the right guy. <laughs> And Pastor Mark Ambrose is like, you know, he he wasn't even on my radar. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even, because I'm on my vacation and I am doing my thing and I deserve this moment of relaxation. He showed partiality in that moment, but mm-hmm. his wife stopped and he she saw the last, the least, and the lost. And uh, that's exactly it, man. When, when, when we don't see ourselves above others, it's really hard to, yeah. to show partiality. Yeah. And look, there are contexts in which we naturally may gravitate towards someone. Uh, it can happen in friendships. It can happen in, in families, you know, to whatever degree. I think in those cases, we need to push ourselves and say, no, it is important in these contexts that with my attention, with my time, with my focus, with my deeds of love and kindness, that, that I, I don't show partiality. And so we, we have to think through those things and then push ourselves so that we don't dishonor the Lord and hurt those that are dear to us, you know. Amen. This principle goes back to the Old Testament. It's foundational. Leviticus 19.15, you shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. 
Deuteronomy 117, you shall not show partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence, for the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me and I will hear it. I mean, I love that, right? Don't be, don't be afraid of the person or just in everything. Don't show partiality. He was wraps it up. He says, for Christians, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. This being so, it is absurd to be partial toward anyone. All should be treated equally as beings created in the image of God. Rich and poor should be accorded equal honor and cordiality. Discrimination or favoritism is spiritually irrational. Good for us to remember. Mm. Anything else to add, guys? Did you guys realize I didn't change my shirt? Are you partial the, to that shirt, Mark? On the podcast. Are you partial to that shirt? I've just seen how perceptive yeah. you guys are. It does are. matter, Ray, because these are being recorded. And Mark is being rebellious. Mm. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, friends. It's been a fun episode. Remember uh, to not forget what? the Remember tough, to not forget? Yeah. The Tough Questions 5 Session <laughs> DVD study, physical or MP4 format. Don't forget the Living Waters mug, the Evidence Study Bible, all at livingwaters.com. And remember, podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and your questions and suggestions. And don't forget to remember to remember. Yeah, because if, re- if you don't remember to not forget, then you're back to remembering. Precisely. Yes. So remember that, friends, and don't forget <laughs> it. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast. The ultimate cure for insomnia. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.